0: You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review for Thursday, October 20th. I'm Portia Cook, and I'm Kira McKinley, and you're tuned into KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, Kira McKinley goes over campus news with an interview with ASCSU's Director of Health and Wellness.
1: Then Portia covers local news with information on a local safe firearm disposal event. After that, Portia reports on music, entertainment, and events news with information on Twerker Treat at the
0: R Bar. Then you'll hear an interview with local runner Anne-Marie Kirkpatrick and the hosts of the Runners of FOCO podcast. Then McKinley goes over environmental news with updates on a World War II shipwreck leaking pollutants.
1: After that, I go over national news with updates on a St. Louis elementary school closing due to radioactive contamination. Then stay tuned as you and Pert goes over updates in CSU sports.
0: And to conclude today's show, I take a look at what Fort Collins has in store for the weather this week.
1: The following Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast was pre-recorded on Tuesday, October 19th. Now, let's move right into campus and local news. I'm Kira McKinley reporting your campus news for Thursday, October 20th. I was able to sit down with ASCSU's Director of Health and Wellness to hear about some of his upcoming plans for the semester.
2: My name is Alex Silverheart. I use the he/him his pronoun series, um, and I'm the Director of Health for Director of Health and Well-being for ASCSU.
1: Wonderful. And can you tell me a little bit about what your position at ASCSU entails? Of course. Um,
2: So as director of health and well-being, I work very closely with the health network and other kind of health organizations on campus in order to provide for students, physical health, mental health, um, kind of everything in that realm. A specific passion I've taken on this semester is sexual health. I feel like it's something that's often overlooked, especially in a state where sexual health education is not required for students. So I feel like bridging that gap and and educating students about what they need to know is super important. So yeah.
1: That's wonderful. And can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing now in your position?
2: Yeah. So I'm extremely ambitious. (laughs) So I'm working on quite a few projects. Um, The one that is coming up, like nearest in the future is the blood drive. I used to plan blood drives in high school and I absolutely loved it. It felt like a great way to give back to the community. So the first blood drive for this year will be on Halloween, <laughs> October thirty first, um, in the LSC theater from like ten thirty to three thirty. Um, so sign up links will be posted on our website, on our Instagram, and then hopefully all over campus here pretty soon. Um, but it's a really cool opportunity. I've given blood before. Needles are definitely a little scary, um, but it's like every three seconds someone in the United States needs blood. So it's such a needed act of service. And so I'm happy to be able to bring that to CSU um, and hopefully have it on a little more consistent basis come springtime.
1: Wonderful. And can you tell me some of the details of that blood drive?
2: Yeah. So given that it's on Halloween, I'm hoping to make it a little spooky, have people dressed in vampire capes and teeth and things like that. But yeah, in terms of specifics, you can sign up via the signup link, like I said. And it usually takes about an hour for the entire process. Um, you'll come in, fill out some paperwork to make sure you're eligible. There are some kind of requirements when it comes to height um, and weight and things like that. Um, So after you fill out that necessary information, they test your iron levels and a few other aspects of your blood. Um, And then you sit there and you give blood. And it's a really cool thing to do. And you also learn a lot about your own health. You get to learn about kind of like your blood pressure, your blood type, your iron levels, which are some things that are extremely important. Um, And kind of touching on that sexual health piece as well, they test for HIV and syphilis. So I feel like a lot of people don't know that, but it can be a free STI test in and of itself, which is really cool.
1: Wow, yeah, that's really good information. And you mentioned you were working on some other projects. What are those?
2: Yeah, so something that we're actually running this week is mental health tabling, and we're doing that in the LSC flea market and the plaza. And so I've just gathered a few of my fellow co-workers in ASCSU, and we're telling students about the different mental health resources on campus. The CSU Health Network has so many opportunities for students that most people just don't even know about, Um, from the free counseling sessions, to the online resources, to group therapy, regardless of what you are struggling with mentally, there's a resource out there for you and it's most likely free, which I feel like a lot of students don't know about. So I'm super happy and excited to be promoting those resources on behalf of the Health Network. Um, So yeah, that's another project. Um, Something else that I'm super excited about, which um, will have more implications in the spring, but I'm doing a lot of research on free at-home STI kits. Um, if you didn't know this, um, in Colorado, you are given one free at home STI kit a year. And I don't think a lot of people know that, but if you just look up that phrase on Google, it'll take you to, there's two different opportunities for you to get those free at home STI kits. And that's something I'm super excited about because if you go to Planned Parenthood or even the health network and your insurance isn't within like their services, um, it can cost upwards of $200 for like a a panel of three to four, like, different tests. As a student, no one can really afford. Um, And that kind of helps to further stigmatize sexual health and getting tested for STIs. So providing students with a free, easy, at-home way to get tested, I feel like is super important. And I know a lot of friends that would definitely benefit. Um, And if I know a lot of people personally, I feel like a campus of 30,000 students would definitely benefit from knowing that information.
1: Yeah, that's really important. I know personally, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So that's so <laughs> insane. And another event you guys have coming up, um some of the ASCSU's first funding of the year went to, the Dragula Halloween Bash. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so I'm not super involved with the planning of this drag show per se, but I helped a lot with the drag show in the spring. Um, We used to have an annual CSU drag show, and it was like one of the biggest events we used to have all year. Um, and then COVID hit, obviously, and kind of ruined that for about a year or two. Um, And then my boss, I'm actually an RA in Corbett, my boss in housing actually helped to bring it back this previous spring. And so I helped um, run all the tip runners, which if you haven't been to a drag show, um, you're supposed to bring like dollar bills and things like that in order to tip the performers. And because it was such a big drag show, there were me and my friends in the crowd gathering money and, and putting it aside. Um, and actually all of the funds raised from the spring drag show went to pride related scholarships. Um, which is really cool. Um, but what I know about the one coming up is hopefully me and my friends will be tip running again, dressed in sexy witch outfits, which I'm super excited for. Um, but the host for the drag show, his name is, um, or his drag name is Chris Agonia. And he, she, (laughs) um, they prefer to change pronouns when they are in drag to my knowledge. So... Last semester, Chris used to teach a dance class at the Rec Center that I went to every single week. And when I found out he was a drag queen, I wanted to see his shows and and everything. And he does an absolutely amazing job um, as a dancer, but she also does an amazing job as Chris Agonia and doing drag. So I would highly recommend everyone to go out. It's like $2 for CSU students and $5 for non-students. But yeah, it'll be a really cool opportunity.
1: Wow. Wonderful. And I think that's all my questions. Do you have anything else you'd like to add?
2: Not much. I would just recommend people get tested. Um, Hopefully you'll be seeing a lot more of me on campus in the upcoming months um, promoting some of these opportunities. Um, But yeah, just look up Colorado free at-home STI kits and there'll be websites galore. Um, I highly recommend you take advantage of that.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
2: Of course. Have a nice day.
1: You just heard from ASCSU's Director of Health and Wellness about his upcoming plans for the semester. Thank you for listening to My Campus News Updates. Now on to local news with Portia Cook.
0: I'm Portia Cook reporting your local news for Thursday, October 18th. Fort Collins Police Services is hosting a safe firearm disposal event. Community members can bring their unwanted guns and ammunition to the Fort Collins Police Services building located at 2221 South Timberline Road on Saturday, October 22nd from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. The event will be held in the north parking lot of the police service building. According to a Fort Collins press release, the safe disposal event is an opportunity to responsibly dispose of unwanted guns and ammunition, eliminating the risk of theft, misuse or accidental discharge. All firearms and ammunition received during the event will be safely destroyed. As for how the items should be transported, FCPS says that all firearms must be unloaded and stored in the vehicle's trunk or an area that is not reachable by the driver or passengers. Additionally, all items must be stored in a secure container, bag, holster, or case. Guns and ammunition must also be stored separately. Once you arrive at the event, all drivers and passengers must remain in the vehicle and an officer will discuss the next steps for removing the items. All functional and non-functional firearms, guns, add-ons, accessories, and ammunition will be accepted as long as you are the rightful owner. Identification, verification, and a waiver identifying that you are the owner of the items and have the right to dispose of them will be required. For those who are concerned with the possibility of being arrested, FCPS says, quote, Fort Collins Police Services will not arrest you for possession of an illegal firearm if you are surrendering the firearm in compliance with the guidelines of this program, End quote. FCPS did go on to say, however, that before destruction, firearm serial numbers will be checked against state databases to ensure that they have not been reported stolen. Additionally, amnesty will not be given for any crime committed with that firearm or for any crime committed while possessing that firearm. Fort Collins is seeking volunteers to serve on Housing Catalyst. The city of Fort Collins is now accepting applications for community members interested in serving on Housing Catalyst, Fort Collins' housing authority. According to a city press release, Housing Catalyst forges public-private partnerships to build and preserve affordable homes in northern Colorado. Housing Catalyst owns, manages, and helps in creating more than 1,600 local residences, making it the community leader in sustainable, long-term, affordable housing solutions. Housing-related experience with sensitivity to housing needs of people earning below the area medium income is preferred. The term length is five years, and applicants need to reside within Larimer County. The time commitment is five to six hours per month. Volunteer applications can be found at engage.fcgov.com slash getinvolved and are due October 26th. One Colorado ballot measure aims to fund free breakfast and lunch for all public school children. Proposition FF is a ballot measure looking to fund free public meals regardless of their family's income by increasing taxes on individuals who make more than $300,000 a year. If Proposition FF is passed by voters, the proposition will create a program called Healthy School Meals for All. The program would take effect at the start of the 2023-2024 school year. The program would reimburse public schools that provide free breakfast and lunch to any student who wants it, regardless of their family's income. The following year, schools will be eligible for grants to purchase food from Colorado farmers and ranchers and incentivize meal providers to prioritize healthy meals. If Proposition FF is approved, Colorado State's Code will change to limit itemized and standard tax deductions for people earning $300,000 in taxable income annually, representing the top 5% of earners in the state. These deductions will be limited to $12,000 a year for single filers and $16,000 a year for joint filers. The change would provide over a million dollars in funding each year for the program. Anyone who makes less than $300,000 a year will not see any changes to their taxes in relation to the program. Information from this story comes from the Coloradoan. That's all for your local news. I'll be right back with your events, music, and entertainment news after the break. 5,500 people tune in to KCSU every week.
3: Do you want them to hear you? Integrating
4: into the Northern Colorado music scene can be difficult, and KCSU is here to make your life
3: easier.
2: Whether you're a nationally touring or local band, KCSU invites you to submit your music to KCSU's digital submission form.
3: Find the form at kcsufm.com.
0: Mountain Valley Bank presents Pumpkins on Parade at the Gardens at Spring Creek. The third annual Pumpkins on Parade takes place today, October 20th through Sunday, October 23rd from 6 to 9 p.m. The event is a kid-friendly, fun-for-all-ages celebration of the Halloween harvest, featuring hundreds of pumpkins and gourds arranged across the gardens in artistic displays. Costumes are encouraged, and the event will feature a full bar, kid-friendly games such as pumpkin bowling, prizes, and entertainment by Tim Foolery, the Magician, and Amy and the Good Little Witches. Pumpkins on Parade will have multiple entrance times per night, and tickets are required. Tickets and ticket prices can be found at fcgov.com gardens pumpkins. New Belgium Brewery presents Friday Night Live with Christine Alice. Christine Alice will kick off her live music event at New Belgium Brewery on Friday, October 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. Christine is an up-and-coming musician performing live original music that crosses all type of genres from pop, country, alternative, lo-fi, and more. Fort Collins' R Bar and Lounge presents Bingo, Bruise, and Burlesque with their Twerk or Treat event. Twerk or Treat kicks off tonight, October 20th, with doors opening at 7 o'clock p.m. The event will include appearances by Sadie Laporte and the Jewels of the Court. The R Bar is an alternative bar and lounge serving Fort Collins' LGBTQ plus crowd and is located off Laurel Street in downtown Fort Collins. That's all for today. If you're looking for more things to do, you can head to kcsufm.com and check out the events calendar under the calendar dropdown for the most up-to-date local music events and entertainment. Now an interview with local runner Anne-Marie Kirkpatrick and the host of the Runners of Foco podcast.
3: I'm Tatum. And I'm Corey, and welcome to the Runners of Fort Collins.
4: This is your connection to all the people and places that make Fort Collins a great place to both live and
3: run. Every episode, we'll be sharing a PB&J with a local runner and getting the scoop on all things running in our community.
4: Welcome to another episode of Runners of Fort Collins. Today we will be interviewing Anne Marie Kirkpatrick. She runs for Front Range Elite and was one of the founding members. She's competed in the marathon with a pretty impressive personal record of two hours and 37 minutes, and she recently made her debut in the 50K. She's lived in Fort Collins for a while with her husband and her two kids. And yeah, let's get started with the interview. Thanks for coming in and chatting with us. Oh,
5: thanks for having me. This is really fun. And the peanut butter and honey sandwiches were a delight.
3: Yeah, so you kind of gave it away already. <laughs> Anne Marie's peanut butter sandwich of choice is a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Um, Would you like to add anything to that? What was the kind of bread that was
5: your favorite? Yeah, you guys did awesome. So it was Dave's bread. And then um, the peanut butter is, oh my gosh, not sponsored, I guess maybe I should say, but it's Adam's peanut butter. It's so good. Um, And then I always like to use like a local honey. uh, Mm. I think I heard a long time ago that it helps with allergies. And I've heard that too. Yeah. So have you found that that's helped? Well, that's, that's really up in the air. I don't know. <laughs> I think either it's been an extra windy spring and everything's just like bouncing around all over the place um, mm. and it hasn't worked, or maybe I just haven't been eating enough peanut butter and honey sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> you can always eat more peanut butter and honey sandwiches. You're not wrong. For your health, definitely.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of the wind and maybe some allergies maybe from the wind, we know you recently debuted in the 50K. Um, do you are you comfortable telling us a little bit about that experience,
5: what it was like? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, it was amazing. We'll just, like, start it off with that. So I flew into Madison on a Thursday night, and I was staying with a host family. So it was this um, woman who lives—actually, it's funny because it was near the college, and it was very old-town feeling. Um, oh. And side note, she had a sauna in her hot tub, which I know—or, sorry, in her basement, which I know has nothing to do with the race, but it was the best thing ever. She had yeah. built it during COVID. And—okay, back to the race. Um, and it was it was really amazing. Like, they had— um great volunteers who were super helpful and my when I went to get my first bottle so the you know the race started and the first aid station was at four miles and my bottles hadn't made it there and so you know how important that first bit of nutrition is during a oh, long yeah. run like, you don't want to miss out on that yeah um, which I have done before so I kind of like you know had a little moment of like oh my gosh shoot. Um, and one of the volunteers, the bottles came and she biked it down to me. Um, that's so kind. Yes. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't really like stop and thank you properly, but I'm really grateful. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. And I definitely, um, yeah, I felt like I was doing a good job of like holding myself back in the first um, lap. So the first 10 K and then same thing with the second, And then the wind really started picking up on the second mm-hmm. lap. And I was like, shoot, um, I don't know if it's just like so difficult for me to run in the wind. I feel like I just get tossed around like a little rag doll. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, everybody's running in the same conditions. And it was fun, right, to, like, push yourself and see, like, how deep you can go and how... um I don't know. For me, it's just fun to see like what can I handle and mm-hmm. um, can I keep my mind calm even though I'm like starting hurt and um, still have three laps to go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like track laps; it's like six mile laps. Yeah, yeah. So, and I tried to like not think of it as six mile laps. I'm mm. like, that's interesting. you brought that up because I was like, don't think of it like a six mile lap. Think of it like track lap. You just have three left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, just I mean, a gigantic track. Yeah, the track of your
3: nightmares. <laughs> Totally. It's like the lies we tell ourselves to oh, yeah. get through things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of our teammates in undergrad, she would she actually had a race strategy or like a mental strategy for her race was to lie to herself. She would tell herself that she had one lap less to go than she actually did, and her thought was, you know, by the time she hit like that last lap, she couldn't quit, she would just have to go for it. So, yeah, her her strategy was to lie to herself. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah I'd you. love to hear um kind of what was going through your mind towards the end of the race you know those last couple laps you mentioned got hard and it got windy um what were you thinking of what got you through
5: the end of that oh my gosh that's a great question because um yeah so we were talking about allergies so my ears were like I don't know if it was just like the angle but anyway it just felt like I was being stabbed in the eardrums it was so bad um and I was definitely tired too like you know it's like you're running through a riptide um so there were kind of a lot of things going on and and then you run right by you know I ran right by my car every single time I was like oh that'd be kind of fun but so my son before I left um he is really into, um, you know, music. So he has this favorite song of his, and I will not sing it for you, but he um, he turned it into like a running song and was just like, okay, mom, when you're really like in your last couple miles or you're really hurting, which like little does he know, I use it for my last like 20 miles <laughs> or whatever. Um, so he like sang me this song on the way to his baseball game and he was just like jamming out like his like, I don't know, lyrics for like born to run something and um, just little 10-year-old things. And I actually like replayed that in my head over and over because I don't know, it's like they, they do so much when I'm training, like, and especially this training cycle, because this is probably the most selfish I've ever been training or like I did back to back long runs on the weekends. And that of course takes away from family time. So like they're I feel like they have played such a huge part in this whole thing from the time they were born, you know, like being pushed along in a running stroller that they get it. And they like really, um, I have two boys, so, but it's the older one who wrote the little song for me. Yeah, they really get it. And so that was really meaningful to me. That's, That's- awesome
3: it's so cool having that kind of support. Um, another question I have is what it's like, um, for you to balance running with being a
5: mom and the other aspects of your life. (laughs) Yeah, that's, you nailed it. Like that's another great question. Um, sometimes I feel like I do better than other times and sometimes the house is super dirty and you know, the lawn's a mess because I'm like too tired or I know that I need to recover instead of like bothering with cleaning or, you know, daily life things. Um, but the kids, like, definitely always come first. I mean, that's something that I would sacrifice training or running for. Um, and the other things are all choices, you know. Like, I can choose to recover or I can choose to have, like, um, a nice <laughs> lawn. <laughs> and <laughs> if you've been to my house, you know that I choose to recover. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's Physical health first. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Um, but and then sometimes they're less busy than others. So, like, right now, after this race, I'm taking a running break. And we're doing this long-anticipated bathroom remodel. And so that's taking up a lot of time and energy. And then, of course, like, working is always one of the things that you just have to prioritize. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think I do a lot of, like, weird things early in the morning or late at night to try and um, round that out. And when I mean, when I say late at night, I mean, like, 8 p.m. Because (laughs) I have a pretty early bedtime. I imagine that means early morning does mean very early morning, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I wake up at, like, 5 every day just to kind of, like, clock in. And I'm really lucky because I have a flexible work schedule, so I can do my first chunk from 5.30 to 8.30. And then, um, yeah, just... Flex things out the rest of the day, however I need to. Um,
3: what I guess, what was it like, you know, initially or what allowed you to keep running um despite the demands of being a mom and working and all of that? Like why did you decide to continue running?
5: Oh, this is gonna be maybe a cliche answer, but it's so true. It's like it makes you a better person. I mean, I found that I was more patient as a mom. And and then too, when you're like when I was getting back in shape, then I just had more energy for everything else too. So um, I, you know, it like kind of got to the point where if I wasn't running, I just had way too much annoying energy. And it, it's just like such a balancing thing. I mean, I don't know. We don't, as humans, like we don't really physically push ourselves that much on accident. You know, it kind of has to be done on purpose. And that was a really, um, it was just a good feeling for me, I guess. And just, yeah, I don't know, the physicality of it, I guess, just helped balance everything else out mentally. And also because it is so hard, it just made everything else in life seem that much easier? Like how hard is it to, you know, like rock a baby in the middle of the night versus like when you've just done, you know, like a super hard tempo run, like that's actually hard. Like that's really, really hard. And then the other stuff just make, you know, it seems easy.
3: I have this image of you doing a workout and like pushing your two boys in a stroller. Is that, is that a realistic
5: image? Yeah, that's totally <laughs> accurate. And there's this one hill and people in Fort Collins will know it. It's on the Mason trail. It's like, um... Right, so let's see, kind of like where Spring Creek and Mason Trail intersect, then there's this, it's not even a big hill, it's a baby hill, and it goes south towards Whole Foods, and I feel like my workouts always, like, that would be the last leg, and uh-huh. it just seemed like this, like, monster hill, and I was pushing the <laughs> stroller, and like, ah. um yeah, and usually the boys were, I don't know, maybe maybe sleeping, maybe fighting, <laughs> toss-up.
4: <laughs> just another thing to add to the workout, having to deal with fighting kids.
5: <laughs> totally, yeah, but I had good triceps. Not that you I can also. use them too much in running, but, you know. Cool.
4: Do you bring your family with you when you travel to race?
5: Oh, as much as I can, yes. Um, I haven't for a while. They were with me at the trials. So in 2020, the Olympic trials were in Atlanta, and they were able to all come with me. Um, And we've definitely, like, we took a big spring break road trip out to... um, Los Angeles marathon the year that I, I've done it twice. So both years they were with me um, and my husband came and there's some, there are just like some really sweet pictures of them cheering on the sidelines, all bundled up and like I'm running by and they're like, stop, stop, hold me. <laughs> and they're too That time they were too little to understand. These mm-hmm. days they wouldn't do that. But um, yeah, as much as I can, I love to take them with me. But now that they're in school, I guess, is kind of what makes it a little more tricky. Oh yeah, that's hard.
4: That's, I think that's really cool that they like see how important that is to you and like want to support you in it. I feel like when I was a kid, I had no concept of like... <laughs> like what it meant to be a mother you know it was like my mom is my mom and that's all she is so I think that's cool to like yeah I don't know that they recognize that you have these things that you're good at and want to do and support you in that
5: yeah that is an interesting perspective I mean I've definitely told them like hey guys I know you have your dreams uh, you know like they both play baseball and they're really into it and I'm like and I have dreams too <laughs> you know trying to like let them see that even you know as kids it's okay to have dreams it's okay to have dreams at any age and um yeah I do think that they that that means a lot to them Maybe I'm making it up in my head, but I think they do. No, I mean, what a
3: great role model you are for them and what it's like to go for your dreams and work really hard and achieve them. I think that's awesome.
5: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Should I try. <laughs>
3: um, something else we've talked about is um, the community that's been so important for you um, in navigating life as a mom, pushing that stroller with your kids and running and having you know other women around you to kind of support you in that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to turn that into a question. <laughs> um, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit to that aspect of your training.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the Fort Collins running community is amazing. And there's literally something for everyone. If you, every day of the week, there are group runs, um, probably more than one. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I think coming in as, I ran, I did run track and cross country in high school, but um, I just, I didn't do it in college. And so I think a decade had passed by the time I moved here and I didn't identify as a runner anymore um, and really got back into it after my kids were born to get back in shape and um, guide climbing trips. So the community, I feel like just, you know, you're brand new, you have nothing to show for anything, but you can just show up at a group run and there's always somebody to talk to. I mean, I think one of the things that people say is like, oh my gosh, it's so awkward to like come to a group run. Like you don't know if there's gonna be anybody and I think you just have to kind of embrace that. Like every runner's maybe a little awkward or maybe every human is a little bit awkward and just like, um you know, you find your people, it might not be the first time that you go that you find your person. But like, I have met so many lifelong friends through just meeting up with for a run. I mean, the people, the girls on our team who are the founding members, that's how we met was Mm -hmm. through, you know, I guess, back it up a little bit through social media, then meeting for a run, and then realizing like, we had this passion and these dreams, and we could be stronger together. So it kind of started out as like, you know, this little tiny snowflake and sorry for the snow analogy in spring, but it just really snowballed into like this, um, amazing thing where we touched kind of all aspects of the running community as we, um, or as I, and <clears throat> I don't know, I think a lot of the other girls came straight from college or, you know, had run for a long time, but I feel like I touched every single aspect of the community where it's like rec runner and then getting a little more serious and then a mom runner and, um, and then really just moving along through all the circles and everyone's been so welcoming and so supportive and the, um, Some of the local businesses that we partner with for our team, when we kind of approached them with this idea, they it wasn't, you know, they weren't necessarily grilling us for questions or asking what our plans were. They just like it's about time that Mm -hmm. somebody did something like this. And it was so awesome to see the love that people have for it. Yeah, That's
3: awesome. Um, It's really cool what you've done to go out and not only take advantage of the running community in Fort Collins that's there, but also help to create that community. Um, So you
5: founded Front Range Elite. um, How many years ago was it? So I think we started planning this. On, all the planning was done on long runs, by the way. It was so Perfect fun. Time. Yeah, I mean, we just like talk for hours and hours. But the planning of it started in 2019. So I had um, Kristen and Abby were helping me on some of my workouts leading up to the Olympic trials, and um, and we just kind of started talking about how like how fun it was. Like I'd never done a track workout. Um, I mean, maybe a few with somebody consistently, and. So and then same with long runs, like, I feel like I got into this little habit of just trying to get it done as fast as I could, you know, like, get a babysitter, leave the house. And because my husband travels for work. So a lot of the times I was like, really on a time crunch trying to get back for a babysitter. Um, so I just run from my house and do the same trails over and over. Um, so yeah, I guess long, long answer to your very short question was about three years, three
3: years ago. Ooh.
4: I think one of the best things about being on a team, is I feel like when you run with someone for a long time, you get to know them really well, really fast. I feel like long runs and workouts kind of like pull something like, primal out of you almost um so it's a really good way to make friends i think like lots of my best friends have been made through running and so it's cool to like i don't know establish that group of people and get to know them through running it's like celebrating something you all love to do together
5: yeah yeah i guess people can't see me but i'm nodding because absolutely like i don't know what it is about running but you can i mean you'll know somebody's life story on a run and if you've known them for 10 years like (laughs) like, wow i never knew these things about you like things just come out yeah
3: It's funny what you said about it all starting on a long run, too, because definitely my best ideas have come to me on long runs.
5: (laughs) (laughs) The best ideas and then you forget to write them down and you get home and you're like, shoot. (laughs) (laughs)
4: You need to run with like a pad and pencil in the pack or something. Yeah, (laughs) that's a great alliteration.
5: I wanted to ask more about, you know,
3: exactly how Front Range Elite works, um, what the team consists of, what you guys do and kind of what your
5: your hopes and dreams are for it. Yeah, so we... um, so Front Range Elite, we have 11 members right now, um, and we want to keep it, you know, pretty small because we want to really be able to focus on the people that um, that are training really hard. And that's, you know, that's not to say that it would never grow. But, um, yeah, we really want to be able to focus and really bring people, bring the best out in people. So we do have two tiers. There's a development team and then um, the team that's met the time standards. And we try to train together. Um, we have some standing runs throughout the week, um, including like we do a seven at seven every Wednesday morning at Rain Tree. And, um, and then we pretty much do all of our long runs together. Those are pretty easy to coordinate. And then the other ones, we just have this giant text thread that we organize. You know, somebody will say, I'm running at this time. And usually there's always someone to run with. I mean, there are people who have to go really early and people who go a little later. I can't go until nine because I drop my kiddos off at school. Um, so that works really well. Um, our... Everyone applied to be on the team. So everyone that's on it really wants to be on it and has big dreams and goals. And um, and we kind of, you know, we tell that to people when they apply. Like we want, you know, there's a place for everyone. And like what we want to focus on is people who want to hit, um, you know, like Olympic trials qualifying standards or make U.S. teams or run at big national races and like podium or whatnot. So um, we do focus on that side of it. Um, but we definitely, and just as I was saying before, how I've been, you know, through the whole um, community of Fort Collins Runners, starting from a, as a beginner and then, you know, just getting to see all of it. Like, I think it's really important that um, every runner has, you know, their own dreams and they're all super valid and important. And I just, I mean, I don't know, something about runners, like at any level, I just love it. Like whatever people want to do, that's what I want them to be able to do. <clears throat> so. We are hopes and dreams for team, and it's, like, kind of scary, obviously, saying these things out loud. Um, and we shared them with our sponsors. We have a business plan that we um, gave all of them. And, um, I mean, we want to be a team that produces um, Olympic trials qualifiers, Olympians someday, people who compete on U.S. teams, and, yeah, represent Fort Collins at a national level. So that's our big, scary goal and dream.
4: Cool. That's awesome. I know that's super inspiring because I think at least one thing I didn't know about Fort Collins when I moved here was how many fantastic runners there are, like, who are at that level to be qualifying for, like, you know, these Olympic trials times and, like, podiuming, podiuming?
3: Podium? <laughs> How do you say <laughs> <to> podium? <laughs> um,
4: but you yeah, have people know who that. want to podium at races. Um, there's so many fantastic runners here, and it's cool to, like, see these communities bring up, um, you know, you hear these great stories of people, like, just grinding things out by themselves, but I think it's really beautiful when you hear the stories of people, like, working together to kind of make everyone else's dreams come true. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, that can be, hitting these hard qualifying times, or that could be running your first marathon. It's cool also to see how your team supports runners who are also trying to hit those goals, like running first marathons or running longest longest distances. So
5: I Yeah, awesome. no, I, I love that. And even like a mile, right? Like, so our team is lucky and we um, got the opportunity to help direct the Mountain Avenue mile. <clears throat> and one of my big... Um, dreams for that race i guess is that a lot of people who have never ran are like a mile that's, a com- that's like that's accomplishable and that's attainable and i want to do that and like realize how amazing it is to move your body on the earth and you know maybe like whether it's the actual race or through the training or whatever it is just find the enjoyment not that running has to be for everybody um but i personally just think that you know physically moving along the earth is so <laughs> i don't know what is so meaningful about it but it really is so um but yeah i definitely i agree Um, What advice would you give for someone who's just
3: starting out running?
5: Um, Probably too much advice. Um, I think, but no, really, I guess it would be more like keep it simple because it really is very simple and you can add on all the fancy things later. Like you don't worry about, you know, don't worry too much about shoes or, you know, just find like a good pair and don't worry about pace and don't like, don't worry about anything. Just go out and just like run until you don't want to and then walk. Like it's okay to walk. I recently had, oh my gosh, I think it's actually gone. I had a hamstring injury that I'm pretty sure was from like planting trees at my house because I was just shoveling. (laughs) Um, But anyway, not like running injury that was not caused by running. Um, but I dealt with it for almost two years and mm-hmm. I had taken a block like six weeks off and um, it didn't actually ever go away. But when I came back to running, I would do like one minute of jogging, one minute of walking or like 30 seconds of jogging and 30 seconds of walking. Like it's, it's so relatable even to people who run a lot or run for a living um, that when you first start out, it's really hard. And it just you have to just make it a habit, like whether it's five minutes and just kind of like build the habit into your day. And then we you work your way up. Um, yeah, I guess that, that is what I'd say is keep it really simple and don't overthink things, just like put your shoes on and go out the door.
4: I think that's great advice. I know I keep <laughs> trying to even tell myself that, like getting back into running after some time off. I think people tend to overcomplicate it, but you're right, just getting in that habit is really the only way to start. I have one, so we've been talking about goals kind of abstractly for Front Range Elite and how to accomplish goals. Um, and I'm just wondering if you have any big running goals that you want to accomplish.
5: Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I do. And sometimes I feel like maybe my my goals are like, um, I don't know, there's concrete ones, like I want to hit time standards, but there's also just like the totally abstract, like I just want to do, I just want to bring out the best of myself and like, just see what I can do, you know, and not set any limits. And but then also be happy. Like if I don't make, if I don't reach a goal, I'm still going to be happy about it. Like it's the, it's, it's a dangerous slope, I think to get in the habit of, and I've, you know, I was guilty of this for sure. When I started running, I would set these really, really high expectations for myself, not meet them and then be disappointed. And then it was like, well, what's the point of doing this if you're not going to enjoy it and be happy. So, um, I mean, I definitely want to make, um, so currently, I guess with the time standard or the time that I ran at the 50k, um, I qualified to make the team for the 50k, um, the first spot was an automatic um, Team USA spot and I was second. So the way they do the criteria is there's three races and the first place person at each of those will go and then there's three other spots and those will go to the next three fastest times. Um, so I'm hoping it'll still get me a spot and maybe I'll run another 50K um, in better conditions and like feeling a little better and, um, and having some experience under my belt. But if I don't, then I have hit the standard and maybe I'll still make that team. So that's one that's like kind of abstract, kind of, you know, time based. And then I um, would really love to make the Olympic trials marathon um, again. So they lowered the standard from 245 to 237. And that's quite a leap. Um, So my PR is just over 237. And I think, you know, if my family will um, get on board with another like training block of back to back long runs, like I think that was my secret sauce. I felt I just, I've never felt so fit in my life, which is, you know, if you're a runner and you've done it for a while, you can just know that feeling. Like when you're Mm -hmm. so far into a long run, you're just like, I feel great. I feel so fit right now. Um, So I think doing that, I think I have a really good shot at it. And um, I mean, it has to, like we were talking about, you kind of hope for that perfect day where like the conditions are great, you're super healthy, your training block went well, and it has to, you know, all land on this one day and it's kind of a lot of pressure, but um, it's fun. Like it's fun to shoot for that and try.
3: I'm wondering how you go about making a goal for yourself. I know that personally, sometimes I'll think about like, oh, maybe I could run this. And it's almost kind of scary. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I just had that thought. Like, it's like, if I think about it too much, you know, I'm worried that I'm going to stress myself out. Um, I don't want to like set such a high goal for myself and then um, make it so that when I run, I feel this pressure of having to meet the goal. Um, But at the same time, I want to continue pushing myself and, you know, growing and reaching for things. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm wondering if you have any advice on how to strike that balance.
5: Yeah, I think being willing to, um, be a little flexible too, you know, like, I don't know, I think when I first started running, I would time goals meant really nothing to me, like I would throw out this time that I wanted to run, and I wouldn't even really know the pace. And um, so you like, as you learn more about yourself, and you learn about like, I don't know, are you shooting for a time just because like somebody else ran a time? Or does it like, really excite you and make you motivated? Um, so finding the motivation behind your goal is a good, you know, good indicator of if it's like a worthwhile goal, or not, I shouldn't say worthwhile, but you know, like a a goal that is really internal to you and not trying to prove anything to anyone else but just something that is really important to you um so I think yeah and the other part with goals is like if you have you know like I I kind of sometimes think like well shoot I don't you know recover and I don't get a massage every day and I don't go to PT every other day or you know the things that you really really have to do if you want to run at a super high level or have a bunch of miles under your belt um and so I have to like temper it back a little bit and do what's best for my life um yeah so especially with like not napping and um, things like that that pro athletes do all the time. For me, that just would never really work. So,
3: yeah, I think that's a really good point that your running goals have to be constrained by like your other life goals, like and your other identities. Um, and you know, for some people, running might really be like they're all in for it. They're gonna like pour all of their time and energy into that. And for a lot of other people, it's constrained by other really important goals um, and obligations that you have in your life. So you've mentioned a couple times how you feel like your running journey has taken you through many different um, social circles and, um, kind of stages of running that, you know, different people might experience. So I'm wondering, you know, how you kind of look at that journey throughout your life, how your running has changed maybe from when you were just a little high schooler running to now, um, what do you think have been like the most significant developments in your running throughout that time?
5: Yeah. So let's see, in high school, I, um, I remember the very first race I did and it was against, a, it was like the 400 meter dash and it was against a girl, um, well, a lot of girls, but one in particular that was like, she hardly ever lost. And she was kind of a big deal. And I remember just being so nervous. And I think this is really common in high school, college, especially just to have the like insane nerves before a race. Um, and I ran it and I won. And I remember like coming down the straightaway and looking over and seeing no one and just thinking like, wait, this isn't how this is supposed to go. I'm not supposed to win. Um, and then it was like really quickly. Um, I kind of, you know, got that identity as like I win. That's what I do. Like, I, if I run a race and I don't win, then that's bad. And so it wasn't necessarily like the healthiest way to look at it. Um, but I, I just remember my my high school coach telling me like, if you decide to run in college, you're probably not going to win races anymore. Like, you can have a great career and not win races. And in my head, I was like, I I don't know about that. Like, I don't think I agree with you. So that's one big change. Is like, um, even though I love to win and I want to win and I try, it doesn't always happen. And that doesn't mean that it's not. Successful And that you haven't done a great job and that you haven't um, improved. So that's probably the biggest change. I also don't get nervous anymore, um, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, um, well, let's see, it was probably two years ago, Dina Castor's Let Your Mind Run, I think is the title of her book. Um, she talked about, and I kind of was in the process of doing this for years, but flipping your mentality to... Um, Instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, thinking like, this is exciting. I want to be here and I'm really excited and this is what I trained for. And just, um, I don't think I ever realized that a lot of the times I would... um I don't know. In the in my mind, I was kind of playing devil's advocate, but really what it came out as was like kind of negativity. And so I tried to really work hard on seeing the positive side or like if I thought something negative, then like immediately saying the positive of it. So like instead of, oh my gosh, I'm running and it's really windy, thinking like, this is great resistance training. <laughs> um, so yeah, things like that. I didn't, I did not think that during my 50K, but I tried. <laughs> I'm blown away
3: by the fact that you say you don't have, you don't feel nervous before a race because that is like... I get so nervous.
5: Um, Yeah. What is your pre-race routine like? Um, It depends on the distance and um, let's see, I really like to wake up early and have like a few hours before I run. And sometimes that means getting up at like an ungodly time Um, and just like eating. I get, my teammates make fun of me because I get really hungry (laughs) and like if I don't have enough fuel beforehand, it can be really bad. So um, yeah, I like to wake up and eat and usually it's like... um, you know, like actually peanut butter and honey sandwich. <laughs> um, and if, you know, I'm like in a strange hotel or something that it might be like a bagel or whatever, but I try to bring stuff with me. And then, um, yeah, I fuel with a, you can starch beforehand about like 40 minutes and try to hydrate. Um, it's like this balance of like hydrating, going to the bathroom, hydrating, going to the bathroom. And then like, you hope to have this perfect, you know, when this gun goes off, like you're just <laughs> totally like balanced out. Um, so, and then, I don't know i just think about things that i'm like really thankful for or, like okay this is awesome like i made the flight my taxi w- or my uber or whatever like got me to the hotel i woke up on time i'm not gonna be late to my race i know where i'm going you know like all the things like kind of like going through all the steps of, in my mind of like what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. um it just helps me feel prepared and like i know the next step that i have to take like i might not know step five but i know step one and two and then by the time i get to two then i'll have figured out the next one
3: that's really cool i like that like taking it in bite-sized chunks kind of <laughs> yeah yeah All right. So yeah, the last question we like to ask people is what it is that you love the most about running?
5: (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. There's so many things. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess to put it all in a nutshell and wow, that is a stumper. (laughs) I mean, I just think that running makes for me personally, it just makes me a better person. And um, I mean, all my best ideas, all my best friends, like best experiences like my husband and I got engaged and we ran a marathon together Mm. we did not train for it (laughs) that's a whole other really long story but like that was such a fun memory of we were just two like young people um making bad decisions and running a marathon without (laughs) training for it and I don't know like all like there's just so many great memories and people and like in the end it's like the people who matter the most and I feel like that's all come from running so Mm. that's probably what I love about it most.
3: That's awesome. That's a great answer. Thank you. And thank you for coming in and talking with us today. Of course. It was so fun. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you to KCSU for supporting this podcast. Thanks to the Foco Running Community for being awesome. And to all of you, our listeners. The music to
4: this podcast was composed by Martin Tong and access through Universal Production Music.
3: You can check out our podcast on the KCSU website, the KCSU app, and Spotify. Happy trails! Until next time.
2: DJ Colonel Sanders here at KCSU Fort Collins at
6: 90.5 FM.
1: In environmental news, one of the Biden administration's goals is to create wind turbine farms off the west coasts of the U.S. Recently, they have taken another step towards this goal. The Department of Interior announced that they will be holding a lease sale for wind energy off the coasts of Central and Northern California according to CNN. Offshore wind turbines are a prevalent form of renewable energy. According to the National Grid, they take the force of wind from the sea and transform it into electricity onshore. CNN found that floating offshore wind turbines can create 2.8 terawatts of clean energy for the U.S. in the future. This would more than double the country's current electricity demand. In other environmental news, a World War II-era ship is now leaking pollutants in the North Sea that are supposedly changing its surrounding marine environments. Traces of arsenic and other explosives are now being found near the wreck. A PDHD candidate said, quote, The general public is often quite interested in shipwrecks because of their historical value, but the potential environmental impact of these wrecks are often overlooked, end quote. Information from this story comes from NBC. Thank you for listening to my environmental news updates. Now on to you and Per with your CSU sports.
3: This is DJ Bing and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Home.
1: national news, an elementary school in St. Louis, Missouri, has closed indefinitely due to unacceptable levels of radioactive contamination. The contamination of the school in the playground dates all the way back to the creation of the atomic bomb in the 1940s. The school that serves about 400 students has switched to online learning for the rest of the academic year. Betsy Rachel, the president of the school board, said, quote, To the students and staff and parents of Janna school community, we recognize that you are being faced with a situation not created by anyone in this room and over which you have no control, and that this is causing a disruption to our students' education and school climate." Levels of radioactive lead were found at the school and the school's playground. Exposure to lead can cause damage to one's brain and or nervous system, and even cause cancer later in life. It can also, quote, slow growth and development and lead to learning and behavioral issues, including a reduced IQ, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, and hearing and speech problems, end quote. Many parents are now concerned how this may affect their children. Information from this story comes from CNN. An audio was leaked earlier this month featuring three city council members saying racist comments. The council members have apologized for their comments, but have yet to resign. A member of the city council, Nuri Martinez, is heard on an audio saying that the county's district attorney candidate shouldn't be elected because he is, quote, with the blacks, end quote. Martinez announced that she will be taking a leave of absence from the council. Information comes from NBC. There has now been more updates on this story, though. In light of this audio being leaked, The council has now elected a new president who will replace Nuri Martinez, according to USA Today News. In other national news, three women have come out alleging that Danny Matterson, who was an actor on that 70s show, raped them, and his trial has officially begun. Matterson is now pleading guilty on the three counts of rape. The women's stories could be seen as similar, and Matterson's lawyers claim that this is because they broke in detective's warning and talked with each other. Thus, he says it caused them to, quote, cross-contaminate their stories. Two of the women were a part of the Scientology church that Matterson was a part of. They supposedly went to the church after the rape and were told it wasn't rape and that reporting it would essentially cause them to be exiled from their social community and the church. Matterson said that religion has nothing to do with these allegations. Current and former members of the church, though, are acting as trial witnesses. Information from this story comes from NBC. Thank you for listening to my national news updates. Now on to environmental news.
6: I'm Ewan Pert and welcome to the RMR Sports Update. Up first, we have Volleyball, who is 14 and 14-5 on the season. After winning their two road games last week, the Rams will be returning to Moby to host Boise State near the end of the week before heading to Logan to play Utah State over the weekend. Up next is Football, who is 1-5 on the season. After losing a close one against Utah State over homecoming weekend, the team will be looking to improve its own record this weekend when Hawaii comes to town. Up next is Men's Golf. After taking first place in their first two competitions this semester, the golf team is looking to keep up the good play as they head into the DU TBC Colorado Invitational throughout the beginning of the week. Up next is women's soccer, who is 4, 5, and 7. After losing one and tying one last week, the team's impressive tie total continues to grow. The soccer team will be hosting San Jose State and Fresno State in the back end of the week. Up next is cross country. In the midst of strong seasons each, both men's and women's cross country will be competing in the Colorado Springs cross country open at the end of the week. I'm Ewan Pert and this has been your sports update of the week. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review.
0: I'm Portia Cook with your Fort Collins weather forecast for today, Thursday, October 20th. Today was warm and sunny with a high of 78. Tonight, you can expect temperatures to cool down with a high of 46. Friday warms back up with partly cloudy skies and a high of 76. As for this weekend, Saturday continues with those partly cloudy skies and temperatures in the high 70s. And for Sunday, temperatures slightly drop to a high of 62 with those continued cloudy skies. And for next week's weather, you can tune into the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Borsha Cook with your KCSU weather report. Information comes from the Weather Channel.
1: And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damian Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now.
0: We'd like to thank our guests today, as well as the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you.
1: And I'd like to thank you, Portia. And
0: I'd like to thank you, Kira.
1: And finally, we couldn't do this without you. Dear listener, thank you.
0: If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under news or podcast. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.